Let's go, kids. How come we have to go to church and Dad gets to stay home and watch cartoons? <sighs> I have a responsibility to raise these children right. And unless you change, I'll have to tell them their father is, well, wicked. Kids, let me tell you about another so-called wicked guy. He had long hair and some wild ideas, and he didn't always do what other people thought was right. And that man's name was... I forget. But the point is... I forget that, too. Marge, you know who I'm talking about. He used to drive that blue car. Hello there. Welcome to the show. I bet you're sitting there wondering, who is John the Baptist? Well, I think I got some news for you. And if anybody ever tries to tell you that being handicapped is all bad, I've got news for them. Instead of dusting or vacuuming, I have been looking into John the Baptist. Interesting person we have here. And I can get why John is their guy. So, what about John? I'll have a little clip that I'll play at the end. That'll It's just a two-minute clip about the more organized historical factors. So let's knock out a few things about Juan here, also known as John the Baptist. Okay, there's a major shrine at the Church of St. John the Baptist in Jerusalem. Umar Mosque in Damascus. There's Nabi Yahya Mosque in Sebastia. These mosques are starting to sound a little Jewish, aren't they? <laughs> okay, there are some feasts involved here for John. I should be more formal here. John the Baptist. There's a feast on the 24th of June, which is the Nativity. There's a feast on the 29th of August for his beheading. Well, you have a feast when somebody was beheaded. Okay. On 7th of January, there's a Byzantine feast or something. I don't know what they eat there. On the 30th, there's some other nectivity thing. And then there's some other deal, some other beheading deal. Okay. Attributes. Red martyr. Camel skin robe. Cross. Lamb scroll with words. Oh, there's also, <coughs> excuse me, there's also a famous painting with a platter with his head on it. So <laughs> I think they went all dramatic on John the Baptist. Now, some of this stuff could be true. I really don't know. If you want to go back to the last 3,000 years and fill me in, please be my guest. So, John the Baptist, he lived in the first century B.C. to 30 A.D., was an it itinerant preacher active in the area of the Jordan River in the early 1st century A.D. He is also known as John the Forerunner in Christianity. Sorry, I'm sorry. John the Forerunner in Christianity. John the Immerser in some Baptist Christian traditions. And Prophet Yahya in Islam. He is sometimes alternatively referred to as John the Baptizer. John is mentioned by the Roman Jewish historian Josephus and revered as a major religious figure in Christianity, Islam, and by faith, the Druze faith, and Mandarism. 
He is considered to be a prophet of God by all of these faiths and is honored as a saint in many Christian denominations. According to the New Testament, John anticipated a Messiah figure greater than himself. Oh, boy. And the Gospels portray John as a precursor or forerunner of Jesus. Wow, John. Juan. Since, John's, since John announces Jesus is coming and prepares the people for Jesus' ministry, Jesus himself identifies John as Elijah, who is to come. Now, Jesus says John as a, but they're both there. I don't, I'm confused. But anyways, which is a direct reference to the book of Malachi, M-A-L-A-C-H-I, Malachi 4, colon 5. That has been confirmed by the angel, oh good, do tell, who announced John's birth to his father, Zechariah. According to the Gospel of Luke, John and Jesus were relatives. Okay now. Some scholars maintain that John belonged to the Essenes, a semi-aesthetic Jewish sect who expected a Messiah and practiced ritual baptism. John used baptism as a central symbol or sacrament of his pre-Messianic movement. Most scholars agree that John baptized Jesus. Hey, you go, John. And several New Testament accounts report that some of Jesus' early followers had previously been followers of John. I guess this is, what is it, social influencers? <laughs> Thousands of years ago. According to the New Testament, I should straighten up here because John's getting ready to die. According to the New Testament, John was sentenced to death and subsequently beheaded by Herod Antipas sometimes around A.D. 30 after John rebuked him for divorcing his wife, Felicis, and then unlawfully wedding Herodias, oh my goodness, the wife of his brother Herod Philip. Ah, also mentions John in the Antiquities of the Jews. My goodness, John, we're talking divorces, unlawful women, and some proclaimed him to be the Messiah. Wow, now we see why John's in this picture here wearing those uh, capes, right? In modern times, the chief followers of John the Baptist are the Mandaraeus, an ethno-religious group who believe that he is their greatest and final project. Well, we better get serious about these Mandaraeus. Let me spell them in case you want to look them up. M a n d a c a n s. That's a group that thinks John was their greatest and final project. Wow, oh, huh? And here's I have some quotes here at the end too from the Bible about John, so we can get the full picture here. Okay. This is a pretty significant role, so I may sound like I'm joking around, but I'm really not because we do need to understand how in their pea brains all this stuff really kind of fits together, right? Because undoubtedly they will be planning some tricks ahead in a line with different names or numbers that we'll be watching for. And here's a quote from Matthew 14, semicolon 1. When men pretend to favor the gospel, yet live in evil, we must not favor their self-delusion, but must deliver our consciousness as John did. The world may call this rudeness or blind zeal. 
false professors or timid Christians may censor it or, or as a want of civility. But the most powerful enemies can go no further than the Lord sees good to permit. Matthew Henry's commentary on Matthew, uh, whoever Matthew Henry is. But anyway, would John the Baptist, I picked out some interesting questions to answer here for you. Would John the Baptist be welcome in today's church? Well, that's a good question. In the first place, his way of life was so ascetical that he would surely trouble a lot of consciousness, even in the hierarchy. And then there was his preaching, which included a public condemnation of Herod Antipas for living in incest with his half-brother Philip's wife. Well, they really cook up some stories, don't they? Which, you know, kind of verifies that they like to do all this stuff. They just want to act like it's the rest of us doing it. So, yeah, yeah, John was preaching against somebody living in incest. Okay, John sounds like an all-around good guy, or Juan, as they know him. Oh, he's a prophet. He was the final prophet who would announce the Messiah's presence. But I'm getting confused already because I thought John and Jesus were already friends. But anyway, so he was the first to prepare the people of Israel. Oh, no, I better get serious here. Okay. We have three people from Tel Aviv, Israel, listening in, so hopefully they're... Hopefully they're agreeing with all this stuff. <laughs> I don't know where your location is. I'm just joking around, okay? John's mission was basically twofold. He was the final prophet who would announce the Messiah. Oh, the Messiah's presence. Not that he was coming, but he was there. But first he was there to prepare the people of Israel to receive the Messiah, who was already in their midst. Yeah, I got. It's all about the words, right? Messiah was already there, and John was going to tell everybody about it. So, by his firm call from for to repentance for sin, everything is about the sin, right? The latter part of his mission was to a whole nation, and it was rather indeterminate as to these sins themselves until he confronted Herod. Then things got personal. Well, I'm going to just read you a little part of the story because. Um, it's hard to keep my concentration and not just break down laughing, okay? Herod was, in fact, part of Israel, its ruler, appointed by the Roman emperor, but a partially committed member of the Jewish religion. He wasn't devout by any means and was rather eclectic. He was evidently committed to some Jewish practices or customs. Yeah, this Herod thing, John treated him as a fellow Jew, not a pagan. Yeah, and John paid him respect by calling him to repent and reform his life like other Jews. John is very Jewish sounding to me, and I guess he is. So, um, There's a famous painting, the beheading of St. John the Baptist in 1869. And somebody was quoted as saying, There simply are no John the Baptists among the leaders of our church today who by their own offices have received a prophetic role from Christ. When Catholic politicians who openly work against the moral teachings of Christ have been called out publicly, I know of only one in the last 53 years when this guy from New Orleans excommunicated Lenad Perez in 1962 for his racist rejection of the integration of schools. Since then, they say there's not anybody else. Don't get reprimanded. Um, he was the 
He was venerated in Roman Catholic Church, Eastern Orthodox Church, Eastern Catholic Churches, Oriental Orthodox Churches. That explains the Asian pictures. Remember last show about Malta? Those pictures there were from Asia, and I was wondering why I'd have Asian pictures there. Well, now we got it. Angelicism, Lutheranism, Islam, Mandarinism. John really kind of covered it all. And the major shrine, I already covered that. The feast, got that. Um, yeah, John is pretty interesting here. But John is the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ and son of Zacharias and Elizabeth. That's funny, we've got a Queen Elizabeth, right? I'm not, I'm talking about John's parents. He was born about six months before Jesus Christ. Isn't it funny how they just know all this stuff, right? Six months, okay. His birth name and office to his father Zacharias when he was, I don't know. His father Zacharias was performing a function as a priest in the temple of Jerusalem. And his mother was one of the daughters of Aaron. Because of this descent, John held the priesthood of Aaron, giving him the authority to perform baptisms of God. And I don't know if John's mother was a Jew. I'm guessing he was a Jew. Um, his birth took place six months before. I don't know. I don't really know. John was from Nazarene. Yeah, okay. When he had arrived 30 years of age, God, God manifested him to the world. See, some of this stuff just gets kind of crazy. Well, let's, let's get to the part where they take his head off. <laughs> um, many persons became his disciples, exercising themselves in acts of repentance and urging it on others. When Jesus presented himself to receive baptism from him, John excused himself, saying, I need rather be baptized by from him, by you. In other words, John told Jesus, when Jesus came to John to make him baptize him, John said, no, I think you should baptize me. Boy, they really had the team spirit, didn't they? Okay, that was A.D. 30. The next day... John publicly announced Jesus as the Lamb of God. That in Gospel of John 1, semicolon 19 to 29. John's special office as forerunner ended with the baptism of Jesus, who must now increase as the king come to his kingdom. He continued, however, for a while to bear testimony to the Messiahship of Jesus. So, yeah, so um, his public ministry was suddenly brought to a close. They said about six months. <laughs> um, he's being cast into prison by Herod. I guess they had quite a bad relationship going there, him and his Herod guy. Um, who'd re- he had reproved for the sin of, oh, yeah, Herod was the guy having incest and stuff. Okay. Oh, this is just exhausting. Okay, let me get to some of these Bible quotes. Okay, the Gospels did not say where John was buried, but in the time of Julian the Apostate, his tomb was shown at Samaria, where the inhabitants opened it and burnt part of his bones. The rest were saved by some Christians who carried them to the abbot of Jerusalem. Oh, the abbot, not the abbot, another abbot priest named Philip. Anyway, so yeah, that was... uh, that was Luke. Anyways, here's another one. 
now the time has come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her, and that they were rejoicing with her. And it happened that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. Another quote from Luke, the book of Luke, I guess. Another one. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. See, they really liked this genealogy stuff. Have you noticed how they like to tie all this stuff into the royalty stuff? I think that's why they cooked up all these DNA kits, because if they could get people convinced that you might be related to one of these freaks, I imagine I'd probably have a heart attack on the floor if I got a DNA kit back and it showed that I was related to one of these people. <laughs> but I think most people would maybe see that as a prize. But yeah, imagine that you get a DNA kit back and then these are your relatives. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. So... Uh, yeah, I guess Elizabeth was quite a bit older as part of the story we're being told here, okay? Uh, and none of these, um, another one, uh, here's from Matthew. And the child continued to grow and to become strong in spirit, and he lived in the deserts until the days of his public appearance to Israel. John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a black leather belt around his waist and his diet was locusts and wild honey honey remember they were aren't they growing honey over in malta (laughs) so um jesus himself testified regarding john that he was burning and a shining light or a lamp that gave you a lot of light that you were glad to enjoy his light for a while that came out of the book of john eastern orthodox icon 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 when are they going to change this to ether eastern orthodox social influencer john the baptist and angel oh the angel of desert okay that's a picture um john's passage no um the Eastern Orthodox, this is interesting, believe that John was the last of the Old Testament prophets, thus serving as a bridge figure between that period of revelation and Jesus. They also embrace a tradition that following his death, John descended into hell and there once more preached that Jesus, the Messiah, was coming. John was sent down to hell to preach. Okay, this is all making perfect sense to me now. Um, (laughs) So, I don't know. Um, John the Baptist is also a patron saint. John the patron saint. Oh, here we got, this this makes, the Canadians make sense. Because remember the last show, I was wondering why Canada was part of the original deal with the Malta folks. This answers that question. St. John the Baptist is the patron saint of French Canada. There you go. The Canadian cities of St. John, New Brunswick, and St. John's, Newfoundland, were both named in honor of St. John. Okay, his feast day is 24 June, celebrating in Quebec as a Fête Nationale de Quebec. 
He is also counted as a patron of the Knights Hospitalier of Jerusalem. So, um, in Gnostic terms, John the Baptist was a personification of the Old Testament prophet Elijah. And I don't know. I just don't know. Um, let, let me leave off with a couple things here and then hang around and that two-minute clip will play. He came from that Johnonite thing that I talked about last, the Church of Johnonite, and um, some places and things named for John the Baptist. Puerto Rico was originally named San Juan Bastista. San Juan is now its capital city. Juan is John in Spanish, the only language I speak outside of barely speaking English. <laughs> you know, we don't, we never got into the metrics and all those complicated languages in this country. You know, all we are concerned about here is making money, the root of all evil, and spread that idea around the world very effectively. Okay, St. John's, Newfoundland, was founded on his feast day, June the 24th. St. John, New Brunswick, was named after St. John River and was named by Samuel de Champlain. Prince Edward Island, a Canadian province, was originally called He de St. John or St. John Island. St. John's Wart, which is what they recommend for people with depression, <laughs> is named after St. John because it is traditionally harvested on his festive day, June 24th. Yeah, they sell St. John's Ward as a supplement. But before you go rushing out and get it, you might want to watch my show about China and the fact that all the supplements and medications are now being made in China. So I'm not so sure that I verify the quality of that St. John's Ward. But anyway, stick around for a second for this clip. Be safe out there. I'll be back soon. Goodbye for now. I think... The role of John the Baptist can be viewed from a, a variety of angles. Um, one angle, historically, I mean, John is a pretty significant historical figure, mentioned even by Josephus and so forth. And Jesus' connection to him um, is, is one of the most indisputable parts of the gospel tradition, that that Jesus was baptized by John is, is considered to be really indisputable. And the reason for that is this caused something of an embarrassment to the early church. Historically, what that tells us, something very significant about Jesus, is that Jesus was connected to a, a sort of a reformation and renewal movement within, within Judaism. Because there's no doubt that that's what John was, was proclaiming. Repent and prepare for God's, uh, the arrival of God's kingdom. So very, very significant in terms of Jesus' purpose and role and what, who he associated with in that regard. Uh, theologically, John is enormously significant um, as well. He's throughout the gospel tradition. He is the beginning of the gospel. Um, all four gospels see John's ministry as sort of launching the whole the whole Jesus movement. And John is portrayed as a fascinating figure because he's very much an Old Testament figure, a prophetic figure. He comes dressed like Elijah. He comes fulfilling the role of, of the end time or the eschatological Elijah. Um, and yet he's also part of the new age. He kind of has one foot in the age of promise and one foot in the age of fulfillment. So he's a crucial, a key transitional figure between the old covenant and the new. 
Um, and as, as this transitional figure, he bears testimony to who Jesus is. And so he is the last and the greatest of the Old Testament prophets, pointing forward to the coming of Jesus and confirming the identity that these prophecies, these promises of the Old Testament are now coming to fulfillment in Jesus the Messiah. So a crucial both historical figure um, and also key theological figure in terms of who Jesus is and what he came to accomplish.